Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 41K podcast. This week's topic, what 41K plan sponsors should do when the markets go south. Um, kind of obviously a uh, good uh, time with dealing with current events. Uh, but of course, first things first, that 41Ksite.com for further information on all live events. Uh, Seattle up in four weeks, September the 9th. Um, as well as Charlotte in November, November the 18th, and the um, National Virtual Conference, which will take place in January 2023. Um, for that one, sign up $2.23 to be part of a two-day Zoom event. Should be a lot of fun. Trying to get in as many participants um, as we can. And, uh, of course, go to that 4 site.com for information. Larry should be getting me the details on our guest for Seattle as we quickly uh, get to the end of the summer. Uh, Labor Day, obviously, is kind of the unofficial end of summer. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, time is kind of fleeting. Uh, next week, uh, I'm taking a couple days off, going to Atlanta and uh, Tampa. Going to see the Braves play the Mets, uh, then eventually going to Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg to finally get a game at uh, Tropicana Field, which I believe will be Stadium 23 for me. Seattle will be 24. That means I only have six left on my list. And of course, with 2023 scheduling some of our events, hopefully I'll get to three of the six uh, next year. And uh, back to the subject at hand, obviously... Um, 2022, we've had some sort of rebound, but we still have malaise in the stock market. And um, it's always an interesting time in the retirement plan business uh, from both a plan provider side and a plan sponsor side. Now, the thing about um, failure in the markets, it always reminds me of that proverb, the success is many fathers, but failure is an orphan. It's so true. Uh, everybody wants to take uh, part of a success. They want to take credit. But when something fails miserably, they had nothing to do with it. Um, and, you know, that's always interesting how, uh, you know, in my town and obviously some of the experiences I've had at law firms and businesses and religious organizations, uh, people who are responsible for failures, they never want to take any credit for it. It's as if they had nothing to do with it. And we constantly, you know, I, I look at my school board because my, my son's graduating high school next year. My daughter's graduating in two years. There's always an issue uh, in terms of um, board members, you know, being on the board for 20 years. And for 20 years, the school district has gone down the tubes and yet uh, they don't want to take any credit for the blame. But you know, the, the fact is, is very few people accept responsibility for failure. And, you know, plan sponsors and plan providers love to talk about retirement plans when the stock markets are great, when they're gangbusters. And I think there was no bigger gangbusters in the late 90s. Uh, but not many people want to talk about 4K plans when they're doing terribly in terms of the stock market. As a 4K plan sponsor... <clears throat> they need to do their job when the market is good or bad. Actually, times like these are the times when plan sponsors need to be more vigilant. And they're not. So this really is all about 
what they need to do. And I think the first thing they really need to understand is that the retirement you know, plan business, the stock market, 401k plans, you know, it's highly reliant on the stock market. Um, all investments are. And obviously with the proliferation of daily valued 401k plans, we've gone to mutual funds and, you know, I, the first mutual fund I ever invested in, uh, I was 19 years old. There was the Kaufman Fund, uh, which um, Federated, I think, now runs it. It was, back in those days, it was a small cap fund, gangbusters in 90. And of course, as a novice investor, I decided to chase those returns um, it did well for me back in the, uh, early nineties. I finally got rid of it. Uh, I want to say in, uh, 90, um, 98, uh, it was the only fund I owned for quite some time, which was kind of ridiculous. And in those days you paid, uh, 260, 267 basis points as a, uh, annual fee with 12 B1s and, um, you know, back in those days, you only got the value at the end of the day when you called the 212 number and got the value uh, of the NAV. Or if you looked the next day in the Wall Street Journal or, you know, the New York Post would actually have, I think, the fund at times. And that's what, that was it. And then obviously with the boom, boom 90s, the daily value 401k plans, mutual funds, uh, we started getting into um, uh, internet transactions at the turn of the millennium. Um, I worked at a TPA where our website was called Smart Plan, and it was a really idiotic uh, system. It was Relias based, and all it really did was give you the uh, account balances for your deferrals and by source and fund company, but you couldn't change your investments. You still had to use the phone, and then of course, you know, with the uh, proliferation of the internet and World Wide Web and, and, and breakthroughs in technology, obviously people could, you know, make changes and whatnot. But in the late 90s, you know, any communication, any technology fund was making money. Uh, I was very big on the Janus funds. You know, the problem with owning one Janus fund is if you own multiple Janus funds, they all own the same share, shares of the same company, always felt like it. That's not a knock on Janus. Janus was doing really well, Janus 20 especially. And, you know, in the late 90s, we thought, you know, Internet stocks, AOL, Time Warner, that was a great deal. I owned that share. I owned stock in that at one point. Um, we thought everything was going to go gold. You know, the joke was if you added .com to the company's name, the company was going to go gangbusters on the, uh, on the stock market. 1-800-Flowers, I remember when they became 1-800-Flowers.com. That was a big deal. Um, you know, um, People forget when times are great that there are bear markets in, in, in 2000, 2001, September 11th, whatnot. Um, we had, you know, uh, returns that uh, came down to earth. Um, I remember my, I remember my, I, I remember my financial balance sheet after September 11th. Uh, I think it was down to like $18,000 or something like that. It was ridiculous um, how, how much my net worth had fell because I was heavily invested in the market, um, I, you know, went back in, dollar cost averaging. Uh, I regret not buying Amazon. It was 16 bucks a share. But this current market trend that we've had now, <coughs> we've had some rebound, but this is the third 
you know, uh, market correction and bear market that I've been a part of since I started in this business in 1998. You know, we are in a recession. I don't care what the president says. Um, you know, the, the beauty of being in a recession is you don't know until you're, you're kind of out of it. And we may be out of the recession. I don't know. I'm not a uh, economist. Um, I think that this might be a short-term recession. Um, you know, we've had obviously 2008, 2009. That was obviously a, a, a worse experience. Um, you know, our economic system almost came crashing down because of the uh, subprime mortgage mess. But uh, you don't have to be a Wall Street expert. Plain sponsor doesn't. But they need to understand that there are times when investment returns go down south. And when times are rough, it's important that the plan sponsor be more vigilant. From a sales perspective, it's, it's harder to sell retirement plans when the market is south because, you know, plan sponsors don't want to talk about their 401k plans. They have a negative connotation with it. But it's, counter, it's counterintuitive, but when markets tank, this is the time to, uh, for plan sponsors to be more vigilant over their plan. This is the time that they should be more concerned about their 401k plan. Um, when, you know, times are rough, um, uh, when the times, uh, you know, times are rough, uh, participants have questions, they're nervous when they see their retirement shrink, and they, uh, you know, nervous people do silly things. They panic. I, I, I have relatives, um, and, you know, when the markets would go south, they would panic, and you know, I, I'd be the one to talk them out of it. You know, um, I understand that plant sponsors really don't want to talk about when there's bad news. They don't want to talk about their 401k plan. But, you know, they can't let that bad news serve as a paralysis that leads them to do nothing with their retirement plan. I think they, you know, as plant sponsor, you always need to be more, to be vigilant, but I think you need to be more vigilant with the market's tank. Um, obviously, it's important for plan sponsors to contact their advisor. Um you know, uh, as a plan sponsor, you need to be there for plan participants. Um, again, I worked at Meyer Swazi, and um, you know, again, we, we always joke about the plan that I had. But I remember, um, since I you know deal with four hundred and one k plans, you always get the you know investment questions. And somebody I, I really liked worked in the office area, and you know, he proclaimed to me that uh, he was okay because. Uh, he put in 100% of his money in the mid-cap fund because that was the middle of the market, or so he claimed. Uh, and that's why in those situations, you need to, you know, plan sponsor needs to contact your advisor. You know, times are rough. Participants want somebody to talk to. Uh, it's great to be supportive, but if you're not a financial expert as a plan sponsor, uh, it's not something you should be doing. If you don't have... Um, Licensing uh, to provide investment advice, you shouldn't give it. Um, contact a financial advisor that works on the 401k plan. Um, you know, plan sponsors should do their job by having their plan providers do their job. Ask, you know, ask them whether the investments offered in the plan are suitable to the terms of the plan's investment policy statement. Make sure uh, they have an IPS because there are plans. I thought they still don't have one. Upwards of 30% of plans out there don't 
I, I believe, still don't have an IPS. Um, and of course, there are planes out there that don't have an advisor, still to this day. Um, we see these small plans, they work with a TPA, especially a payroll provider TPA. The payroll provider helps with investments and whatnot, but they're not a fiduciary, and the plan sponsor is not the wiser. So um, it's important for a plan sponsor to, to get one if they, they don't have a financial advisor. It's important for the plan sponsor to sit down with their advisor, um, make sure the advisor is available for a meeting. It could be an emergency meeting, one that's regularly scheduled. Um, if you don't, you know, if a plan sponsor doesn't have uh, regularly scheduled meetings with the advisor, that's really a shame on the plan sponsor. Uh, years ago, I'll, I'll never forget reviewing a plan. Uh, broker was making 60 basis points on a $14 million plan, never bothered to show up with the client. And obviously it was the advisor's fault, but shame on the plan sponsor for paying 60 basis points for nothing. Needless to say, after my stern talk with them, they hired a 338 financial advisor, really reputable Pennsylvania company, uh, was doing that work for 25 basis points and was actually showing up. So it's important for the plan sponsor to um, have a meeting with their advisor, either it's an emergency or regularly scheduled, have minutes of those meetings, regardless of whether the advisor is a 338 or 321 or, or just a co-fiduciary. Um, still make sure that the investments fit within the parameters and the paradigm of the IPS. And, um, you know, obviously if they don't, investments need to be changed. Uh, I think it's important to still have regularly scheduled meetings uh, with plan participants. Maybe um, you don't need a, 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 an emergency one, but obviously... Uh, some information going back to the plant participants might be ideal. When the markets tank, um, plant participants are, are known to make unsound investment decisions. Um, they always, uh, I, I always call it locking in your losses when people panic. They see the market going down 20%, 30%. They lock in their losses by shifting all their equity positions into fixed income. And that's what they mean. That's what I mean by locking in losses. So there's no return for rebound. There's no dollar cost averaging and all that. It's important for plan sponsors to hold those enrollment meetings, uh, hold those plan participant education meetings. Um, plan sponsors, you know, see it as a waste of time a lot of times because that's a time that could go to working, and participants are sitting at a meeting. They're not working, but the idea of these meetings are mitigation risk. Um, plant sponsors need to realize that the nuances of a ERISA 404C is that while the participants may direct the investments on their own, a plant sponsor that doesn't provide enough information for participants to make informed investment decisions are on the hook for liability. So I think it's got to be sold to plant sponsors that, hey, you know, I know you want to delay these meetings, but we need to hold them in connection with a entry date on the plan. Uh, I think now more than ever, plan sponsors need to regularly schedule enrollment education meetings for plan participants. You know, saying they're too busy <coughs> isn't going to help them. And I, I know that they like to push it off. It's like the meeting with the dentist. You always want to push it off, which reminds me, my wife's changed, you know, changed jobs, so we got to sign up for uh, dental insurance. Uh, next, I, I, 
a change has to be made uh, to the advisor if they are unresponsive. I have an expression in life, and um, it stems from the hurricane. And um, you know, I, again, I sit here downstairs where there was five feet of water. It was a devastating loss. Uh, you know, you, you know, I've had deaths of grandparents, and that was obviously traumatic. But I, I think the most traumatic thing—I mean, it's expected when somebody in their seventies die, but uh, the, the hurricane was traumatic, um, and. You know, I had relatives who lived uh, not far away and never bothered checking on whether I was alive or dead. So I had an expression. I needed you, you weren't there, and I no longer need you. And you will always remember who was there when times were rough. Um, I think that that's really important. Um, I said that to somebody recently. Uh, you will always remember who was there um, when you're at your lowest, um, and when you have a plan provider who's just not there when you need them, when times are grim, times are rough, um, that's really a time to get rid of them. Um, you know, if your advisor doesn't show up, uh, hasn't uh, returned your calls, um, doesn't want to provide any guidance to plant participants, blowing off the enrollment meetings. Um, that's time to get rid of them. Uh, you know, plant sponsors need plant providers that will be with them all the time for support. And they can't be there when the markets tank or are volatile. There are advisors that, you know, will be there. And they are the ones you should hire. And, uh, you know, when the stock market sinks, that's when you see the value of a good financial advisor. Because everybody could pick winners when the stock market's booming. Uh, I could pick out winners. Because I could read a Morningstar profile back in the day. But, you know, when times are rough, you know, I'm not the expert. Because I don't have the background for it. Last but not least, I think the plane sponsors really shouldn't be panicking. Um, slow and steady wins the race. There's no point in panicking. Um... Don't get rid of a 401k plan just because the market's tank. Uh, I don't need this headache. I, you know, I had a relative once who, back in the day, got poor dental care. So off the bat, removed all their teeth and put in false teeth. That's panicking. Um, there's no point in getting rid of a 401k plan. Uh, it's a great employee benefit. And, uh, you know... I, Last month or so, the markets have really rebound. I haven't, you know, I, I've been doing very, very well because I sold some trading cards and put in a whole bunch of money in the market, so I'm doing okay. But we'll see how it is. I mean, I, I, I have, obviously, advisors I work with. Uh, they say that the, uh, you know, markets are uh, still a little bit overvalued, so I, I still think that we may get some really... Um, some uh, panic, uh, panicking and whatnot, and some volatility. And uh, I think the plan sponsors need to realize that a volatile market, the market on the downtrend is a terrific opportunity for uh, dollar cost averaging, putting money in the market, and, and understanding long-term investment. Um, that's always what I always say to relatives when, you know, they would panic, oh, I lost all this money. I remember even when I first started out in the business and, uh, there was a correction in the market in, in late 98, you know, like 5%, 10% or so. It was like a, a very volatility in the summer of 98. And somebody said to me, 
well, should I retire now? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, um, you know, if you understand where your time frame is, your glide path, and if you're like me and you're 50 years old and you're not retiring for at least another 20 years, there's no sense in panicking. So um, I think that that's really it. I think that plant sponsors really need to understand that they're, uh, you know, this is just something that happens all the time. Once every six or seven years, kind of like a restatement process and understand that it doesn't always go, 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 go. There's some time that there's a market pullback and things should be fine, but they should be vigilant and, and I, I still say even more vigilant um, when times are tough. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the F1K Podcast. Tune in next week. Uh, and of course, at F1KSite.com for further information on all our events, Seattle, Charlotte, National Virtual Conference. You want to sponsor National Virtual and speak? Lower the rates, make it more affordable for anybody who wants to participate. And uh, anyway, hope you tune in next week for another episode of that 4K podcast.